inaugural, the, the debut of the cult couch. Yeah. The inaugural episode. Uh, it's so new that uh, there's not even a couch yet. No, I don't even have a couch yet. We, we, we got a couple chairs, which uh, I guess are good enough for now. Yeah. But uh, the cult chair didn't have the same sort of ring to it, so it's not, it wouldn't work. Um, but yeah, the uh, we're at the uh, we're at Pickles' house. Pickles' new house? Yeah, Pickles' new house. Um, we did originally watch all these movies on a couch. Yeah. Um, so there, that did, does lend some legitimacy to it. Yeah, we, we normally, uh, uh, before you got your new place, we'd watch uh, all our films over at, uh, at my apartment. Yeah. Usually. And you are Ryan. That's me. That's you. Yeah. And uh, I'm David, and this is uh, The Cult Couch. Yeah. This is, uh, this is where we're going to, once in a while, talk about movies. Yeah, if we had some actual theme music, this is where the theme music would be. Yeah, this is where we'd put in a little bumper or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Like they call it in showbiz terms. I don't know. You've gone Hollywood already. Yeah. <laughs> By using the word bumper? Yeah. Yeah. I'm um, sold out. What was the reason that we want to talk about Saw? It's so long ago that we decided this that it's... Yeah, I have no idea. <clears throat> yeah, intoxication might have had something to do with it. Uh, yeah, I think we sort of, like, we... We thought it'd be funny. We thought it'd be funny. We thought that it would be uh, easy, which it wasn't. No, I didn't. You know what? I didn't think it would be easy necessarily, but I thought it would be like uh, like a bold move. You know, yeah. like it would be a bit like uh, if we can talk about like the Saw movies in with some sort of coherence and clarity, then there's not much that we can't do. Yeah, because uh, I mean, as dumb as the movies are, they're hideously complex. Yeah, well, and that's that's sort of uh, it's been said by many people already. But for a horror movie franchise, it's rare that they go with such a heavy level of complexity and interconnected interconnectivity and that sort of thing. Yeah, it's it's uh, almost lost like in that way. And I think like probably I don't think James Wan uh, and B1L had much to do with that, that sort of like the the layering that happened later on but it seems like at least Darren Lynn Boozman and his screenwriters or whatever just were probably really big fans of Lost which sort of would introduce you to a number of characters who at first seem completely unrelated except yeah. for the fact that they're in the same film yeah. and then little by little you, you see how in the past they have all met in some way of course they're all everyone's connected to everyone yeah, for those who haven't seen the Saw movies, uh, as the, movie, the series progresses, you find that pretty much with every movie that there was a, another person just in the next room. Uh, in in yeah. every movie, they introduce a new character. The, I guess the previous actor had their contract let up or, or whatever. So they have a new actor, and then they just sort of, through some reconstructed scenes and some flashbacks reveal that this character was just in the next room. Yeah. Like, just, just behind a curtain, or maybe, like, peeking around a corner or something like that. But Possibly wearing a pig mask or a, yeah. or a red riding hood uh, cowl. Yeah. Usually, sometimes both, even. Yeah. And uh, Amanda, played by Shawnee Smith, tends to prefer the, the cowl. Yeah. Uh, Everything that you sort of see in the first film is a very simplified version of what we find out to be the truth in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, that there's infinitely more people actually involved in like setting up with these games than like just Tobin Bell which you would suspect because uh, it would be difficult for Tobin Bell to like coordinate everything from face down on the floor yeah he's a cancer patient uh, as well he I mean he, he does he must have some I think it's explained in one of the movies he has quite a bit of money because he used to be a successful engineer he'd have to be an engineer for sure yeah which explains all the traps and then Oh, I guess we should say early in this that there's going to be crazy spoilers for those who haven't seen. Oh yeah, it's all spoiling. Past the song, yeah, and I'm fine with that. Yeah, uh, um, the the twists and turns in the movies are just so. I challenge anyone out there to like uh, claim that they watch these movies for the like plot points, though. It's about it's about fancy traps, isn't it? For you me, would think so, it, but. but uh, well, for me, in, in they research it all about all these traps. Yeah, well, I, I think uh, probably the bulk of the audience, like, the movies did make a lot of money. I would say probably the bulk of the audience were going to see the movies because it was like, oh, what new traps is Jigsaw going to come up with? Yeah. Which um, sort of also makes the... But you don't think that's 100% of the audience? Oh, hell no, because 
you know, you said it yourself, and some of those links that you sent me to the overthinking dot com article. Yeah, that, there is a yeah. The, like he was explaining it in there that there are forums with you know seventy thousand posts, like actual devoted Saw fans who you yeah. know spent hours and hours trying to figure out what the next twist was and what's going to happen in the next Saw movie and that sort of thing. So a lot yeah. of people really did latch on to the uh, storylines. I can't, things. yeah, and I can't, and I can't blame them for that because. I mean, I got really into trying to, like, decipher Lost in much the same way. Yeah. And just because I feel like probably Damon Lindelof and Carlton Hughes are better writers than the screenwriters from Saw, it doesn't mean that there there wouldn't be, like, intrigue there as uh, the characters and stuff. But, yeah, it, the, none of, nobody really did it for me in the Saw movies, uh, ultimately. No, not really. Well, I mean, you can't blame it on just the writers either because... On top of bad writing, you had your bad acting and, and terrible directing. And mm. The cinematography was was really the cin- oh, it was gimmicky. So and and uh, it, yeah. it's a recurring theme throughout all the movies where the camera sort of spins around the characters in fast motion. I like to call it MTV style directing. And yeah, I call the U- the Uwe Boll spinnerini, <laughs> yeah. um, like which that. I which like first really stood out to me when I saw uh, House of not House of the Devil. House of the Dead. House, House of the Dead. House of the Devil's Ty West. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Um, yeah, House of the Dead, uh, which used that a lot, where somebody was just... Uh, it, it seemed like there was a camera just on a stick, and he's, <laughs> and he's just spun it around <laughs> the subject. And yeah, it makes uh, it makes you dizzy, but I mean, that's a cheap way to make somebody dizzy. Well, why would you want to make somebody dizzy in yeah. a horror movie? I mean, I guess you're, if you're going for visceral, it's a yeah, it is a, it's a, it's a cheap out. We should, uh, do you want to talk about them chronologically now? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Because um, we've sort of, uh, by this point, you know, we're not going to, um, we're no. not going to fawn over these films. No, we're not here to watch these movies. If you're a Saw fan, you're probably going to find a lot of things to hate us for in the next little while. Yeah. Uh, yeah, if you're just, a, to say, just to say right off the bat, we're not here to make fun of these movies. We, we did, I gave them a fair shot, and I did actually get some enjoyment out of many aspects of these movies, being a horror fan, but mm-hmm. uh, the consistent bad acting, and honestly, all the retconning, and the... There wasn't a lot there for me to sink my teeth into, um, except for the traps. No. And it, it almost, they, they tried to give us a lot to sink our teeth into, as it were, but it just never... It wasn't something I wanted to put my teeth on. No, no, that's not. It's that's not what I want in that kind of a in this kind of a, a horror franchise. The movie equivalent of like Dale McDonald's for me. Yeah, you know, if I'm really, really starving and I need a quick fix, then I'll, I'll turn to them. But other than that, I, yeah, I'm not gonna sit down and purposely watch a Saw movie ever again. No, it, and it did seem pretty clear to me that the final six films were. Like, uh, as close to contractual obligation pictures as you can get. Like, a studio wanted to make money and therefore needed a film. And more so even than, like, superhero sequels, which are required, they had to come out every year, which means they were all rushed. Yeah, well, yeah, you can't really throw together a a good move. Well, I guess you could, Yeah, but they didn't. No, uh, I'll always, like, go back to Hellraiser 2. I'll correct myself next time or someone can correct me that came out nine months after like the first Hellraiser did theatrically that movie is fucking great yeah absolutely people have to point out where I'm unnecessarily blaming James Wan throughout this too well uh, James Wan and Leigh Whannell did take care of the story aspect of things for the first three movies and I that's always, right I've always been a little shaky on what exactly the story credit means. Did they just sort of walk into a room full of screenwriters and say, I think like, this is what happens in this movie, or did they actually have some hand in the screenwriting process? I'm not too sure. I think having created some characters in the film yeah. is enough to be credited with story. Yeah, I think that's true. I've seen that done many times. Although I have also seen the base, uh, like based on characters created by, yeah. which is which is what they do in the Alien films. It's like based on it's Dan O'Bannon or whatever. Yeah, who created the characters and then, but the screenplay is written by Joss Whedon or whoever the fuck. So yeah, I'm not exactly sure of like how much Wenell and Juan were involved. Yeah, I, I like to think they just sort of glanced at the scripts and said, uh, well, maybe uh, twist them a little more. Yeah. Uh, stab them up a bit. So, no, like, yeah, like, I think maybe this story in the first three, he had something to do with but Yeah, the credit is, they stopped being credited with the story, I think, in the third or fourth one. 
Okay, fuck, let's get into the Saw movies. Oh, here we go. So, Saw. Saw. We sat down, and we watched Saw 1. Yeah. And we saw, of course, um, uh, Lee Winnell and uh, Carrie was locked up in a room. Yeah, they were trapped. That's, which, to me, was a super cool opening, especially seeing it like for the first time in theaters in 2004. Uh, and, and it's 15 minutes before you get out of that room, so I was super intrigued and hadn't really, like, they hadn't had a chance to act yet too much. So, <laughs> I don't know about you, but I found like the first 15, 20 minutes of the first Saw movie, upon first viewing, pretty intriguing. Oh, absolutely. Well, and that's the thing. The series did start with uh, a good, interesting, original horror concept, which is rare these days. I mean, it's, it's rare among any genre yeah. that comes out of theaters now to have an actual sort of original idea. Yeah. Some good originality to the series. Mm. It was all remakes around that time. It was the Last House on the Left remake, uh, Hills Have Eyes remake. Which was good. Texas Chainsaw Master remake. It was just a lot of retreading familiar territory. So it was nice to see an original concept. Mm-hmm. A low-budget film. And, and, and then Carrie Elwood starts talking. Uh, it's much like um, Nicolas Cage in I recently saw Season of the Witch. And I had no idea whether Nicolas Cage had an accent or not in that. And yeah, Elle was just completely drifts in and out of it uh, throughout the entire film. Yeah, Carrie Elwes cannot keep a hold on an American accent. No. Uh, and even Leigh L, who I believe this was his... It was definitely his first major film that oh, yeah. he acted in. Yeah, if not his first acting gig. I didn't know he was Australian until I looked at him up on IMDb, you know, months after I'd actually seen the film. Yeah. Um, so it was actually sort of impressive seeing Carrie Elwes, a veteran actor, who had been in many American movies where he was playing an American character. Yeah. And held it together. I guess it's just under the stress of him yelling <laughs> and overacting and, oh, good lord. Yeah. The character Because he was, he was made to, like, raise his voice a lot and mm-hmm. to, like, um, be desperate. Yeah. And uh, I think, like, it's a lot, probably a lot harder to do an accent when you're, like, in the midst of histrionics than it is if you're, like, a little more, like, measured and stuff, so... Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, Carrie Elvis' acting is... And it's not even a complaint from my end, because uh, I do really enjoy his acting in the movie, not in the way that they would... It's fucking hilarious. It's super funny. Yeah. Uh, Especially later on. Like, yeah, when we'll, he starts whimpering, we'll and then when he starts oh, sawing his... When he actually After gets the book gets sawed off, his oh. performance is genius. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've never laughed so hard in a horror movie before. And uh, uh, Danny Glover is hilarious in the movie, I found. Yeah, he's not very good. No, yeah, exactly, which uh, hilarious, not very good. He also dies a number of times in the film. At least twice. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, he gets his throat slit right on the, I'm not a doctor, but like right on the jugular vein. Yeah. And uh, recovers from that pretty easily. So what's the first, uh, what's the first, do we get the, um, is it the barbed wire trap? It's the first one. Yeah, it's the first saw trap that we're sort of introduced to in the chronology. That's the first one we're shown. Yeah, the chronology of saw. It's the yeah. first one that the police are aware of. It's the first one that the public's aware of. Uh, and I think right off the bat, Jigsaw sort of, he, he maintains throughout the movies that he doesn't want people to die. He wants them to be horribly scarred and go through a lot of pain. <laughs> he wants them to be physically scarred, but, like, he's trying to emotionally heal them in some way. Yeah, because, you know, they're investment bankers, or they take their wife for granted, or, yeah. uh, you know, one time they jaywalked when they were 12, or whatever. Or they, um, they happen to, like, have a job at a morgue. So, <laughs> yeah. uh... And this is an actual one. Mine were hyperbole. No, but but yeah, it, essentially, if there's anything in your life that you take for granted, be it a loved one or your current situation, or if there's anything in your life that you should be paying more attention to than you are, then he'll fucking tear you limb from limb to show you. Yeah, he'll build an ironic trap to rip open your ribcage and show you the meaning of a... Uh, you know, a nice cooked dinner by your wife or whatever. Yeah, I'm glad we got Michael Emerson. Uh, Zep. Zep, yeah. Zep was good. Um, it's it's a shame that Zep had to die in this film, though, because... And there's a lost connection right there, right? Yeah, that, well, he's uh, he's Benjamin Linus. See, I haven't actually seen Lost, so I, I don't really know the explicit connection there. I know he was on Lost. Lost is good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're not here to talk about No, that. no, we're not. We won't talk. I, can't, I won't even start. Um, but yeah, the fact that Michael Emerson is like an orderly at the hospital, I found. And the I, I found him good because uh, I didn't know that Tobin Bell was in this movie at that point. So I'd only had like a few actors I didn't know. Carrie Elwes, Leo Winnell, and Danny Glover. So I was 
adrift in a sea of uh, mediocre actors. So seeing uh, Michael Emerson was nice. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and he did an okay job for what he was supposed to do. Like you said, you mentioned earlier, that one scene where he holds the gun to the girl's head and measures her heartbeat, it, it yeah. served no story purpose, but it did actually build the character a little bit, and it yeah. actually... I wouldn't even be surprised if that was, like, Michael Emerson just doing that or whatever. Yeah, yeah, totally. Well, and character building is something that, once we're past the first movie, uh, beyond just sort of, if you call retconning characters being in rooms, character building, uh, <laughs> well, uh, yeah, it's, uh, we don't see a lot of that in, in the rest of the films. No. So it, it's nice that the first one is definitely... I, I hesitate to say this a little bit, because it's not the one I enjoyed the most, but I would say it's the... The best of the movies. Yeah, it's where it goes downhill from there. Oh, absolutely. Uh, the other movies make no sense without it. Like you, some sequels you can watch without having seen like the previous film. Yeah, any Friday the Thirteenth movie. I mean, there's like a guy with a machete. Yeah, but the other like uh, six Saw films rely so heavily upon what came just before that I have trouble like uh, thinking of them as good movies in any way. Especially when you get to, I think it's. Part four, well, part three too, and part four are nearly half flashback and retcon. Yeah, that's what I. I mean, part three was terrible in that regard because it was two hours long, which is, unless you're really impressing me, which it wasn't, way too long for any horror movie to be at any given time. Yeah, exactly. And especially since three quarters of it, I think, was probably flashbacks. Like a, a really solid amount of that movie was just either Jeff. And in, like wandering down a hall, yeah, or flashbacks, yeah. Um, um, so the the first Saw movie is definitely the best of the series, just because it had that originality at the time. It had the and the the things that made me laugh were I don't know it, I I wasn't laughing at how ridiculous it was. I was laughing at some of the like funny performances, like Danny Glover and yeah. Ariel was that yeah. was entertaining stuff to me. Danny Glover act. When he starts to go crazy and he starts to wallpaper his apartment with newspaper clippings and mud yeah. madly to himself and stuff, that's that's stuff I don't mind watching. Oh, absolutely not. And it is funny because Danny Glover is the most boring, insane man you'll ever come across. Yeah. Because while he's muttering to himself and acting crazy or trying to act crazy, he, he just sort of he just seems like a bad actor trying yeah. to act crazy. So it's it does take you out of it a little bit. And and I do maintain that if they had actually gotten a set of really good actors together, this could have been one of my favorite movies <laughs> of all time. Yeah. If, yeah, well, we were talking before about uh, Patrick Wilson. Yeah, Patrick Wilson would have been, would have been great. And uh, I jokingly said Jay Brubicle and like Mel's <laughs> role. Yeah, that's not, that's, that's not a joke. <laughs> um, but yeah, you could... Uh, Give me, give me a Terrence Howard there in Danny Glover's role. Yeah, absolutely. Or Don Cheadle or somebody. Yeah, any one of the uh, War Machines <laughs> would do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but near the end of the movie, it sort of gives a hint of what's to come in the next like six installments because we do sort of get a bit of a like retcon, and then we discover that Leo Winnell is tailing Carrie Elwes and taking photographs of him and stuff. Uh-huh. So. Near the end of this one, we're getting a little taste of, like, see these two unrelated people? They're not unrelated. They passed in this parking garage, or they were yeah. on this flight together, or whatever, so... Uh, which, I don't know, like, is that complexity, or is that just, like, laziness? And um, on the writer's part, like... I, I think I, you could chalk that up to complexity, because, I mean, that is... It's interwoven in character storylines, and, it, and it, it doesn't put anybody in rooms where they definitely... Because a lot of the complaints I had with the retconning in the later movies mm-hmm. was that there was no way that character was involved and no reason for that character to be involved in any right. scenes. Whereas in the first one, I mean, there's some... Like the Danny Glover paid Lee Winnell to follow Carrie Elwes. Yeah, and it, does, it does, does... some surgery on Tobin Bell. Yeah, it does make sense in the context of the story. Whereas later, they just sort of do gratuitously... Mm-hmm. The later chapters where it becomes... It's sadly evident that it's just uh, shoehorning actors into places they weren't. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and so yeah, the first movie was um, the first movie I, was. I wouldn't say my favorite, but definitely the best of the series. And certainly when it was over, I was only an hour and a half into my Saw day. Oh yeah, so I was in a really high. good mood. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, and so, then uh, Saw two came around. Yeah, Darren Lynn Boozman, uh, who we know as uh, 
uh, Repo the Genetic Opera. You haven't seen that, eh? I haven't seen that. It's no. a fun flick. Um, but yeah, Darren Lynn Guzman directed Saw 2, and he would direct Saw 3 and 4. That's correct. Uh, yeah. And I guess you could sort of tell... I mean, the movies are all stylistically fairly similar. Mm-hmm. But the, Especially with like the Matrix screen in the trap rooms. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of... I mean, and the underground cinematography like, stays the same, too. Like the, the Uwe, bin sp- Uwe Boll spin or, yeah. or uh, the MTV-style direction throughout the whole series remains, unfortunately. Uh, random flashes of light accompanied by, like, the sound of a flashbulb going off. Yeah, yeah. Even yeah. when nobody's taking a photograph. Yeah. There's not even anyone in the scene with a camera. So. Yeah. And, uh, whenever a pig man shows up, the camera shakes a lot, and there's, mm. a, like, a horrible noise of, like, metal scraping on a chalkboard yeah. or something like that. The camera moves quickly, it whistles, and... Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, Daryl and Boozman definitely did have a bit of a distinct, distinct style. You can tell... Two, three, and four are all done by the same guy. Yeah. Uh, and two, I would actually say, is the one I got the most enjoyment out of. Uh, yeah, just because it's the it relies the least on flashbacks. We actually don't get any flashbacks until the last, I think, fifteen minutes of the movie. Yeah, that's right. And then they come fast and fast and furious. Yeah, the last fifteen minutes are pretty jam packed full of flashbacks. But up until then, you're you're mercifully. Kept from that from that sort of thing. Uh, I think that I think a lot of fact that it's sort of like held together for you is probably because it was. Uh, I think it was a it was a, there was a screenplay for something very similar before, and then it was sort of adapted to fit into the Saw mythology. So I think the five people in the house sort of thing was there, uh, yeah. and they had started with some characters and some plot points. I think before it sort of became a Saw movie. And they didn't have to shoehorn them into the previous Saw movie at all. Right, exactly. There is a little bit of shoehorning in here. We There's see not a hell of a lot of retconning in, though, in number two. No, no, no. We see a little bit of Amanda. We, we see that she's a, she was implicit in the first movie. Uh, we get some uh, Donnie Wahlberg action. Yeah, Donnie Wahlberg, who... Eric Matthews. Detective Eric Matthews. Detective Eric Matthews, who remains... Uh, maybe not in the foreground, but he remains in tight. Uh, standing on a block of ice all this time. Uh, let's not give away anything. What? we get there. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. I'm getting ahead of myself. But, uh, yeah, Saw 2 was definitely my favorite just because it had a semi-linear storyline. There wasn't a lot of flashing back. There were... Although, there like, the, on, the, ensemble cast. the whole st- thing inside the house, like, actually took place, like, yesterday or whatever. Right? Yeah. That I found a little weird. Really? Yeah. Like, well, it wasn't the big, like, I, it wasn't an interesting reveal to me. I thought it was uh, it was not bad. As far as these movies go, it's it's pretty up there in reveals for me because. And by this we mean that uh, Donnie Wahlberg is like watching uh, his son and like four other uh, bad people in a house full of convicts that he's previously framed for crimes. Yeah, but but he's not watching it in real time because his son is actually in a safe behind him. Yeah, Jigsaw's caveat in this movie is that he just Detective Eric Matthews, Donnie Wahlberg, just has to sit there. And listen, and listen to, to him. Six out talk, and his son will be fine. Yeah. But he doesn't listen to the to this, and runs, rushes off and beats the shit out of Jigsaw, and drags him to the the last house on the left. Yeah, he sure does. Which uh, <laughs> I forgot to mention the and the, the reference house. to Stygian Street in the last film too. Right. But yeah, uh, uh, that was my favorite part of Saw Two was the last house on the left reference. It was one sentence. Yeah, <laughs> that's when I was at my most happiest during this film. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, but well, it reminded you of a much better movie. That's that's right. Um, yeah, what did you did I see? I didn't like any of the people inside the house. That was my problem. Frankie G. Um, who else? Uh, there's Weasley guy. Um, Emmanuel Vogier. She's pretty. It's that dark-haired girl. Oh, the one who was like a crackhead or a prostitute or something. Yeah, I aren't they all? And see, in these movies, I really don't mind that they don't really build up any of the characters, because they're really just there to get killed in horrible ways, which I'm totally fine with watching. Yeah. Uh, my main problem with these movies is when they started deviating from that formula. Yeah, totally. Um, and, yeah, Saw 2 wasn't bad for me. I just, like, I think the for me, like, the traps weren't very good. No, the traps were not very good. Like, there was one, there was a guy in an oven. That was a, yeah, this guy got burned alive. The other ones were a lot of like uh, a girl got like thrown things, in a needle pit. Yeah, needle pit. There was a gun, guns behind door trap. Wasn't yeah, there? yeah, there was mm-hmm. a gun behind a door trap, and then there was the uh, the wrist cutting thing. Ah, uh, uh, yeah, there was the girl who had to reach up through the uh, the the traps of this movie were almost 
secondary, whereas they, they are the focus of a lot yeah. of the other movies. This one, they were just sort of, people did fall into them, but they didn't fall into the right traps. This is the, the one movie where Jigsaw really, his plans completely fall apart. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, but, and, and which is surprising because he usually, like, has a, takes into account every possible choice that any character could make. And he takes it into account and makes sure that he has a contingency plan for it. But Yeah, he has a strange presence, like an almost supernatural uh, way to see into these characters' minds and what they're going to do in the future. I, I think he might be some sort of psychic. Yeah, and he also, of course, has like a, an ever-growing team of people who get retconned into his squad. It's not ever growing. It, it was huge to begin with. We just don't learn about it until the seventh movie that he actually yeah. has a cadre of people, you know, following him around doing his bidding. Yeah, most of the people. So Saw Two was okay. It's for, you know a pretty forgettable horror movie. Uh, the characters are pretty forgettable and, and whatever. But it was short. It was uh, decently structured and decently paced. It had Donnie Wahlberg in it, which I really enjoyed. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it, you know, it was over before I even knew it. Which I was totally fine with. Yeah, it was it was nice and short. Um, I it was a letdown for me after the first one, and uh, yeah, and it, it didn't definitely decrease in quality for the first one. I and I didn't. Uh, yeah, I didn't like a lot of the action in, in the house because the the person that I was, uh, I guess, Shawnee Smith and and Donnie Wahlberg's like son yeah. were the people that I was supposed to be sort of hanging on to the protagonists, the people I was hoping would survive. But yeah. Uh, I didn't want anyone to survive, and I sort of wanted Donnie Wal. Uh, I didn't like Donnie Wahlberg either because I just seemed like there was there must have been some way he could have arrested Jigsaw. Well, yeah, he could have just waited. Yeah, he really could have just waited, and Saw would have been fine. I think there's a major theme throughout these movies that uh, you know Jigsaw sort of makes a lot of grand speeches about why he's punishing these people, and you know they're not taking their lives for granted, or yeah. they're not appreciating something or other. But a lot of times, his traps just sort of hurt people that don't have any common fucking sense. Right. Uh, in this case... In well, the first reason movie, for them to be there is a little weird. Like, yeah, in the first movie, you had Leonel, who the key to unlock his shackles was in the bathtub. In the tub. In the Sean, just, Sean Smith put it there. Yeah. Jigsaw put it there. Jigsaw put the key... I, no? Really? Yeah, remember we just watched that. Oh. See, I, I thought that Sean Smith put it there. Because remember, Jigsaw gets up and he's like, keys to the bathtub. Yeah, but I thought Shawnee Smith put it there. Well, like she might have physically put it there, but it was by Jigsaw's command. Okay. Because how else would he have known about it? Well, yeah, he knew about it, yeah. The, the key was in the bathtub. He could have escaped right away. Yeah, and prevented, like, most of the things that happened in all of the movies. Yeah, yeah, Jigsaw would have been... Like, arrested. Yeah, he would have been arrested. The whole scheme would have been shut down, and everything would have been fine. But that's, like, the one of the only times in any of the movies where he makes a mistake. Yeah, and uh, he has everything covered at all times, which for someone who's like suffering from horrible, debilitating cancer, it's like it's amazing that he has these skills of coordination. Well, he does have that cadre of, of pig villains with him. That's true. But yeah, um, I don't know. I, yeah, Saw Two didn't. Uh, I did not enjoy it. Yeah. One of my probably one of my least favorites of of, of them. Um, now, Saw Three is a different matter entirely. Now, see. I had a problem with Saw 3. It's way too fucking long. Yeah, it, it was. It, it was the, Saw 3 is about two hours long. Mm-hmm. Uh, every other Saw movie has been universally almost exactly an hour and a half long. Yeah. Which is exactly how long a Saw movie should be. Because after that, you're really... You have to have something in your movie, especially for the moviegoers of today. You need something to grab onto. And what they gave us to grab onto in Saw 3 is... a. Uh, Jeff walking down a hallway, or Amanda talking to the doctor who's supposed to be saving Jigsaw. Mm-hmm. Just a lot of character building with characters that we don't care about. Yeah, exactly. There was a lot of, um, like, Shawnee Smith and that female doctor, and uh, Jigsaw in in his, like, makeshift hospital room thing, watching what's going on with Jeff on the monitor. Yeah, I really didn't care for, but... Uh, all the stuff with Jeff in the traps uh, it affected me the most, uh, other than maybe the first film. Uh, the traps that Jeff went through. Um, well, I think the traps in this movie are certainly some of the most inventive and some of the grossest we see in, uh, in the movies. The, yeah, and that's what gets me. It's like the ones that make me flinch or that like sort of uh, make me feel a bit of the pain. Yeah, the, the, characters the, are feeling. the pig gut trap was particularly painful because uh, that was just disgusting. Yeah, the pig guts was great. Uh, the twisty head guy was uh, brutal. I think that 
stands apart as the most brutal trap for me to watch in all of these movies. Yeah, for me, it was, that was a good one. I like the pig guts. For me, it was the, the freezing water woman. Yeah, the, the freezing water woman for me was probably like one of the better traps in the whole thing, in the whole series. Uh, I guess because we live in Winnipeg. Yeah, like standing and waiting for the bus. Like, if my feet get cold, I kind of want to die. We got our first taste of Costas Mandalore in part three. Yeah, Detective Hoffman, played by Costas Mandalore, shows up for the first time in this movie. And little do we know that, like, we're going to be spending a lot more time with him than we ever thought we wanted to. Uh, Actually, a lot do we know. Uh, The Saw movies have not been heavy on subtlety. That's one thing that they're not really good with. When we see Zep in the first movie for the first time, yeah. I pointed at the screen and said, that guy's in on it. Yeah, yeah. And when you saw Hoffman in this movie for the first time, I remember you pointed at him and you said, that guy's in on it. Well, yeah, because Costas Mandalore, he did, he's got he's an actor. Costas Mandalore is kind of an actor. He did like a, a thing with his eyes, and I was like, oh, he, did a, he was directed by the director to do... A, evil eye thing. Yeah, the shifty eyes. Yeah. He's got the shifty eyes. Um, well, and, and we actually don't find out that Costas Mandalore's in on it for another movie or two, I think. Yeah. Two, three, and four had some crossover as far as, like, the planning of the plot, uh, whereas five, six, and seven were just all uh, on their own. Well, as it was two, three, and four, you had Darren Lynn Guzman directing all three, so it, it follows that they would have an overarching vision. Whereas with five was David Hackle, and then whoa, who did six and seven? Uh, Kevin Grutert. Kevin Grutert, who I think was like the visual effects supervisor on most of the films. Yeah. So and that's when like that's when the that's when a franchise has like overstayed its welcome. When you go yeah. the visual Star Star Trek Nemesis was directed by like the visual the visual effects supervisor of the last few Star Trek movies. So that's when that's when it's over. It really starts to shit the bed. Yeah. Uh, so Saw Three was not my favorite. It was a little too long, but it was. It, I it was a lot too long. It was way too fucking long. I liked Jeff in that. I like Angus McFadden as an actor. Mm, he was the, good. The character Jeff is completely ridiculous. He sort of runs around, and he. Oh, he's a fucking idiot. He, and he, he's a total idiot. Like he decides to save people, but after they're completely beyond saving. Or he saves somebody and then accidentally kills them later because he's just being a fucking idiot. Mm. Uh, he also really enjoys like staring off into the middle distance while people are killed, and then like just before they die or right after they die, he gets the idea to save them. Yeah, as the guy's head starts twisting around, he's like, "Oh, yeah." The head twisty guy and, and the the cold girl. He was just way too late. Yeah, just at the last second, he really could have just zipped in there and and helped, but. Uh, it's all just a minute too late. Yeah. Um, the, the traps are all nice and matrix green again. They're like staying nice and consistent with that uh, yeah. gross green lighting. Yeah. What did we get Jeff at the end killing Jigsaw? Yeah. While yeah. his wife, who has a like Shotgun collar that's yeah. attacked, that only keeps her alive if Jigsaw's alive, just sort of like sits there and watches him saw Jigsaw's head off. Well, I wish he sawed his head off. Cuts his throat. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, and so she dies, and then he uh, shoots Shawnee Smith, is that right? Wasn't just before that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, and then Jigsaw dies, so I guess we're given, like, a pretty clean slate at the end of this movie. Yeah, Jigsaw's dead, that's the end of the series, it's, right? Well, it's a trilogy. Yeah. Yeah, because all of the characters are now dead. Yeah, that we have nobody to latch on to. Mm-hmm. You can't even take this franchise to space because there's no one left to go to space. They're no, not dead. There's nothing that you can do. And Saw 4. Yeah, and then they made Saw 4. So yeah, uh, then we get Saw fucking four. 4. Uh, saw 4. I don't know, it was one of those sort of middling Saw movies. It wasn't terrible, it wasn't great. I hated it. Yeah, it was all flashback. It was all flashback. Well, not all flashback, but it was like half, half of the movie was flashback to um, to like Jigsaw's family life, which was boring. Him and his like awful, awful wife. Yeah, and it sort of reveals that he was not a terribly sane man beforehand. No, but uh, it tries he, to like make him out as a nice guy, kind of. On Christmas time, he, he gives the Jigsaw doll to his kid. <laughs> yeah. Which is a terrifying little doll. Like, who yeah. gives that to a child? That's a creepy thing to do. But it's not inherently an evil thing. It's just a really uh, misguided gift. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, the, the, this movie is... Uh, yeah, 
none of these movies were necessary. But this begins the like part of the Saw like franchise that is forcefully created out of nothing. Yeah. Because the Jigsaw is dead, Antagonist is dead, everybody's dead. Yeah. And they're still dead in this movie. Yeah. It's just that we're, this movie actually, well, here's the biggest spoiler in the world that this movie is like, takes place during Saw 3. Yeah, it takes place during Saw 3, and part of it takes place during Saw 2 and 1. Yeah. Well, Uh, because we see a lot of Jeff in this movie, who is dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, we Super see dead. a lot of Jigsaw in this movie who's dead. Yeah. We see a lot of Amanda in this movie who's dead. Yeah. Uh, we see Donnie in this movie. Uh, who's standing on a block of ice. Yeah, soon to be dead. Yeah, he stands on a block of ice. They've been... I feel really bad for him at this point. Yeah, because he did actually escape. He he did the smart thing, which um, Dr. Gordon Cariel was, uh, didn't think... That, like, he's a doctor, and he yeah. didn't think to smash his foot to pieces to get it out of the, the shackle. Yeah. It's like the first thing that Donnie does. Uh, and he does escape, and which is genius because I mean, you're not going to lose any blood that way. No, it'll. I had no blood. idea how. And I was thinking that while I was watching the first song movie, the first time is that like there's no reason to saw off your foot. Just so that you can't get your uh, your your heel through, so smash your heel. Yeah, yeah. Which Donnie thinks of right away. Yeah. Um, uh, but we're given uh, a few new characters here: Agent Strom, Strom, and Perez. Perez. Yeah, you won't remember her because she's like, uh, she doesn't really have anything to do except be Strom's partner. She's, yeah, she dies right away, doesn't she? I think she dies. I don't really know. Yeah, she was there. Yeah, she was. She, all, she, she's she's another now. character. Uh, there's another Asian cop in this movie. There's a lot of Asian cops in the. And it focuses on uh, on Rig, who we see in like the background of. Now I think Rig might be my favorite character out of all these, or my favorite character out of all these movies because. He usually does the right thing. Like he's a sensible dude. Yeah. He, uh, yeah. Uses common sense. He usually gets out with all the body parts intact, and and yet, well, Jigsaw picks him. He has marriage problems. Yeah, he has slight marriage problems. Yeah. Like, that he. Uh, if know, there's, if at any point during your day you're not like satisfied completely with everything. Yeah. Then Jigsaw is it's open season on you. Yeah. If you you know make a dinner and you forgot to put the uh, you know basil in your pasta sauce or whatever jigsaw will like drown you in a sea of basil leaves yeah uh, or something and in this movie it gets to the point where and I guess Costas Maddie Lover has taken over as the jigsaw killer at this point he has like that I guess we sort of get in the in the scene at the beginning where he plays the tape for himself that's addressed to him yeah yeah which is baffling how Jigsaw could have known that Costas Mandalore would have been playing that tape. Because Costas Mandalore is a detective, right? Yes. Yeah, detective Hoffman. Yeah, he does, they don't usually do autopsies. Um, but if he's the supervising officer on the case, he'd be, you know, standing there. That's true, because Jigsaw also, like, wrote letters to people on the wall and stuff. Yeah. Not taking into account that they might take a sick day that day. <laughs> yeah. And then his people are confused. Who's, Ma- who's Matthew? Yeah, this movie is... Uh, I don't know, was, was there anything, like, necessary or worthwhile in this film for you? No, about half of it was recaps. You liked Rig? I liked Rig. Uh, more Donnie Wahlberg was always nice to see. It was he, he pets a rat in this movie at some point. <laughs> uh, so you claim. Yeah, I think when he was running through, like, crawling through the tunnel, he finds a rat and pets it. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll take that. I, I didn't remember it, but and at least that, this movie's 90 minutes long. Yeah, exactly. And we're back to the nice uh, hour and a half format. And at the end, uh, Donnie Wahlberg's head uh, fucking explodes. But, uh, yeah, it's true, but this is another film that uh, had bad traps. Like, yeah, they, especially after uh, Saw 3, where the traps were all pretty badass. Yeah. Uh, this one, I don't even... The, the two blocks of ice crushing Donnie Wahlberg's head was, like, I think the one that stood out for me the most. Yeah, his head did explode, and I'm always down for some head like, explosions. The guy had to push on knives, like, push his face through knives to yeah. get out. Like, that was dumb. Yeah. Like, like, oh, like, you've got a couple of cuts on your cheek now. Yeah, you might have a scar. I hope you've learned your lesson, because of these cuts I've put on your cheek. <laughs> Don't take your knives for granted. Yeah, it's not that bad, actually. Yeah, really not. Uh, no, this movie is sort of a piece of shit. Absolutely a piece of shit. So, I mean, like, sort of complaining that they're keeping going at this point, it, it, it's past. Yeah. Musical. It's just I thing. thought that, like, it, it, the guy who directed the film where all the characters died, he would have felt that the story was done. But they probably paid him a buttload of money if they, they might have to do another one. Yeah. Uh, and then we got Saw 5, uh, starring... Uh, Tobin Bell, of course. 
Yeah, holy shit. Ooh, and then, well, well David Hackle is apparently like was the production designer. A production designer. Uh, yeah, I think Kevin Gruter was uh, who did Saw Six and Seven was special effects, but uh, apparently David Hackle was the production designer. So yeah, so we got. So yeah, it begins. Uh, picks up at the end of Saw Four or Saw Three, both actually. Uh, and Tobin Bell, despite being dead for the past movie and a half, uh, is again starring in this one. Yeah. Um, I do have to bring up like the bit the one of the better traps uh, was in this movie at the beginning the the pendulum blade yeah the pit and the pendulum thing that I kind of enjoyed uh, especially because like, it grabbed like uh, nice chunks of intestines and threw yeah, them around and absolutely stuff. that was okay and the guy stayed alive while that was happening yeah yeah and that was um, Costas Manilor's first tra- trap yeah yeah and that was actually not an actual when he was an official jigsaw. He set that up to avenge his sister's rape, I believe. Yeah. Uh, and Jigsaw sort of saw this and he said, oh, you don't, you're a fan of my work, I see. Would you like to do this professionally? Of course, who wouldn't? Yeah. Uh, so he finds a sadist who takes on Jigsaw's personality in completely the wrong way. And this is somebody who traps somebody, murdered them horribly, and Jigsaw, instead of punishing this person, says, oh... I like your style. Yeah, welcome uh, aboard. Do you want to help torture people who have, you know, menial uh, disturbances <laughs> in their lives? Yeah. So at this point, Jigsaw's philosophy is completely uh, out there. It's bullshit. Oh, yeah. yeah. It, it's complete crap. Like, it, well, it's being carried out by, these, by this horrible person who yeah. has no idea that he's supposed to be teaching people lessons. Yeah, uh, Cosmos Manular has no pretense of teaching people lessons. Like, he just wants to hurt people. Yeah. Uh, and even the lessons that he sort of nominally applies to them uh, don't really make any sense. There's no theme to them. No. Uh, He's just in these movies to sound, to do the Lance Henriksen voice, which I did, like, it stood out to me big time as soon as, like, uh, Hoffman was revealed as, like, a bad guy. It was Lance Henriksen all the way, which I'm totally okay with. All the trap scenes had that same brutal, the Spinner Rooney again, like, yeah, the the a lot of the same in this movie. It was just sort of rehashing stuff from the previous movies. A lot of flashbacks, a lot of uh, writing people into scenes that weren't there before. Well, the entire middle part of the either. film, the entire like middle part of Saw Five, is like retell or re-showing you the traps set in Saws two through four. Yeah, only like with all these extra people added. Yeah, it says, oh, guess what? Costas Mandalore was just lurking in the next room. Yeah, I remember the scene where, like, you thought it was just Shawnee Smith and, like, Jigsaw. It's like, no, look who's lurking, look who's behind the couch. Yeah, turns out there's a, a yet another person. Yeah, and then if you look farther back, Strom is watching them all, and if you look farther back, Rig is doing something. Yeah, yeah it, they're all around somewhere. Everyone's there. But this one I found was, like, uh... There was it was a police procedural like it was more like a yeah CSI kind of thing the Darren where it was Strom like trying to like hunt down Hoffman or whatever yeah and it was a it was a police drama yeah the, the all the Darren Guzman movies are sort of more and more just sort of smacked of CSI and the, and CSI is getting to the point where they're about as gory as CSI too I mean it's really just an extended CSI episode with no CSI characters yeah. Uh, um, and again, I mean, like half the movie is flashbacks, and we get a lot of the same crappy directing, and just spend so much time and energy uh, creating these intricate traps and teaching these people such a seemingly menial lesson. And in the grand scheme of things, I mean, they did cause people's deaths, but I mean, shouldn't he be like capturing like Dick Cheney and putting him in, in these traps or something like that? Like, well, I just thought like, all the, like, the traps previously criminals? had something to do with some of the characters in the films. Yeah, this uh, these ones were just you know they had to work as a team, so there was like mm-hmm. uh, a twisted team building effort. At least in Saw Two, there was those you thought they had nothing to do with it, but they were really they were all people who had been put in jail by Jeff. So there was at least a connection to Don Walter, Eric. Yeah, yeah, exactly, Eric. Sorry, that works. All the but there's no connection with any of these victims to anything in the actual story, like in the actual like meat of the film. No, absolutely not. It's just, it's a bunch of people who, admittedly, are not great people, but probably don't, actually absolutely don't deserve this sort of treatment. Yeah. And, and this has been sort of an escalating theme throughout the movies. In the first one, it was questionable why they had 
uh, Dr. Gordon and uh, Adam. Yeah. Adam locked up in this room. Uh, and then it never really fully establishes that Jigsaw has any sort of coherent motive. It, they really try. They spend a lot of this time sort of showing you Jigsaw's past and how his wife uh, had a miscarriage because some jerky she was trying to help uh, uh, knocked her down in a robbery or, or yeah. something Shawnee like that. Yeah, Smith like opened a door and gave her a miscarriage. Yeah, they even retcon people into the retcons. Yeah, every single flashback, I, I expect to see every other character like, just staring through a window. Yeah, it, it gets out of control. And I, uh, I don't mind police procedurals. I actually kind of like uh, that kind of uh, story in horror, but I don't like it to be in a Saw movie. Because the only reason I'm going to see a Saw movie, the only reason I'm nine hours or whatever into a Saw marathon is that I want to see a trap that'll make me giggle or something. Yeah. I, I don't want to see Agent Strong like follow the fucking clues. No, and that's why I saw 3 actually had some, if it hadn't been two hours long, it definitely would have been my favorite because it had some cool traps in it. Yeah. And as these movies progress, it just gets, sort of gets more and more necessarily devoted to this really complicated storyline that they've concocted. But I just don't, I don't care about the storyline. I don't think the average viewer would really latch onto such a complicated uh, unnecessarily and poorly constructed complicated storyline. Yeah. Uh, I guess, like, it all... Like, you can't um, tell someone someone that the retcon that they made up is wrong. Like, they can retcon it to be anything they want. I think, like, we start out asking whether it was, like, complex or lazy, and I think it's both. I think it's complex, but I don't think it's complex because of any grand schemes. I just think it's complex because of layering and layering and layering of the retconning. To the point where you do have to, like, you have to do research to understand exactly what happened in them, but but it doesn't give you any sort of satisfaction in the way that something like Lost or something does. There's no, uh, there's no payoff for understanding it. No. With something like Lost, it's something they plan the whole time. Whereas in these movies, they just sort of... That's that's uh, that's questionable. Oh, okay. But in yeah, the, in these movies, they just sort of... They tack stuff on just because whoever, whichever screenwriter is writing it at the time thinks it might be cool or, you know, add an extra layer to the storyline. Yeah. I think they sort of equate uh, extra characters being around in, in different scenes to Mystique and, and sort of like a twist. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which it doesn't really work. Okay, fuck Saw 5, like, yeah. Saw 6 now? Yeah, Saw 6 happened. This is the first Kevin Grouchier movie. That's right. We mentioned was the visual art, visual effects director on the first... Uh, uh, yeah, he, I, think he, I think he was the uh, special effects guy. Okay. Which never bodes well when you let that guy direct. Well, I don't think it does anyway. You know what, in the Saw series, it could have been a good turn, because we could have gone back to just focusing on the traps and yeah. focusing on the visual effects, which is all I really wanted out of the Saw movie. Yeah. Instead, Tobin Bell stars in this movie. <laughs> yeah, he sure does. Um, and it's pretty much, you know, all these movies are a little more of the same. We don't focus on any of the traps, really. There's not a lot of, like, this isn't a very horrible horror movie either. Like, it, it's no. it's also still, like, sort of moralizing soap opera police drama. And with, with some horrible violence in there, sure, but... Yeah, it's not a. It's not just about uh, going from one awesome scene of horrible violence to another. It's, it's yeah. It's tracking down the killer. Yeah, there's a lot of police procedural in this one, and a lot of focus on explaining why Jigsaw is killing these people. It never makes any sense why he's killing these people, but no. they feel more need throughout the movies to tell you why he's killing these people. In this movie, uh, it seems like. He doesn't like capitalism in, in one uh, of the, the killings. Well, I thought it was mostly uh, about the insurance company. Yeah, and the insurance company, uh, they had, the guy had the math- mathematical formula yeah. which determined who would get coverage and who wouldn't. And yeah. that mathematical formula left out... Like, it was a personal vendetta against this guy. Yeah, absolutely. Because he turned down Jigsaw for coverage, right? Yes, he did. But then Jigsaw made it, tried to make it about someone else... And, yeah, someone else was guy also turned down coverage. Yeah, yeah and this is the guy whose uh, family is trapped, and eventually uh, a guy who looks a lot like uh, Jack Layton with his mustache died. God Disney bless, Disney. God bless Jack Layton. Yeah, oh, he's get better. Yeah, absolutely. I hope uh, Jack Layton. I don't mean God bless because I don't believe in God, but um, 
Yeah, I hope that I really hope that Jack Layton gets better. Absolutely. Um, but he shows up in this movie with a slightly dyed mustache, and he he's the insurance guy, and uh, yeah, some other guy's family eventually like holds his fate in their hands, and they yeah. end up killing him. Uh, I didn't know that traps were dumb though. Wasn't that there was a fucking carousel with the shotgun? Yeah, and then his his little team were on, and he had to pick. Yeah, and this is one uh, the barbed wire noose. Um, Barbara News, but four out of the six people had to die. Right, and that's right. Saw always, in the first couple of movies, he states again and again, I don't want to kill anybody. I don't no, there's always anybody. a way out if you do the right thing, right? Yeah. No, but in this movie, four people who are even less complicit in, in the crime that Jigsaw is... Uh, Punishing people. Oh, they're like secretaries or like keeping people. Yeah, exactly. And four of them have to die. Like they have to die. He has to save two. Yeah. And so this is more of like uh, it's not really torture for the guy who's getting tortured. It's it's more of a a mental anguish type of torture than absolutely physical torture. It's not. uh, Yeah, and and the the therapy or whatever that that Jigsaw is trying to like because ultimately doesn't Jigsaw want you to come out of this alive and a better person be more appreciative of the things you should be appreciative of. Yeah. It's, it's, it stops being that now. Yeah, it doesn't, yeah. doesn't make a fucking lick of sense. Uh, and, uh, I did enjoy the, the parts of this movie where like um, Hoffman was uh, part of the investigation trying to find himself. Those moments a little yeah. bit. Oh yeah, but that, Perez is back in this movie. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. She didn't actually die. She, she has the, uh, oh, that's the, right, yeah. the, the Danny Glover syndrome. She like, got her throat Cut in half. Yeah, but uh, she was fine. Yeah, yeah. She, she, she. she well, that. Uh, oh, right. That bomb went off in her face because she was leaning in real close to it. That's right. Uh, but no, she, she was fine. And then she shows up again in this movie. Uh, again, we've got a lot of flashbacks in this one. Yeah. Uh, I think Jigsaw in this movie kills a guy because he yeah, is a smoker. That's exactly right. Um, the well, he he creates a trap where like your lung capacity determines like if you're going to survive or not. Yeah, there's that guy who like as soon as you like uh, let let out your breath or something, then these uh, you get crushed by a vice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, so not being able to like take a deep breath is like a morally bad thing. Yeah, not getting enough exercise, uh, Jigsaw will kill you for it. Uh, being a smoker, Jigsaw will kill you for it. If you have a drink, he's very, he is very anti-smoking. That's true. Yeah, at this point in the films, the only thing that's interesting to me about any of them is that I just like uh, they still have like a pigman or two in all of these movies, and I like trying to like guess who that is. But other than that, these are like these movies have become just horrible paint by numbers, like police dramas with a couple of traps. Yeah, and in this one we and more and more of like Jigsaw's horrible wife who I can't stand. Yeah, in this one we start to see more of Jigsaw's wife who is one of the worst actresses ever. She's a like sub January Jones uh, esque actress. She's Woo! Really, yeah, yeah. That's I went bad. There. I went there. Yeah. Um, but really, I mean, she's blonde and sort of like. I guess she probably was pretty at some point, but got like a lot of Botox and plastic yeah. injected into her body. Yeah, she's, got, so a, she she's got like Joan Rivers lips. Yeah, exactly. She can't emote anymore. So yeah. she just sort of sits there and she might be feeling something. I'm not entirely sure. But she's there. Sure. I really liked uh, Mark Ralston. Uh, Mark Ralston played the this new detective, the guy with the like mustache. He had uh, grayish hair. Oh, yeah, he was the... Very unmemorable, but like the head of the department. Yeah, but I liked him. I'd yeah, yeah, he, again... Uh, Another detective who was just sort of like, if I'm going to have to watch a cop movie, which this yeah. has become, then I, I thought he was good. Him and Perez being back. Yeah, except they both die. Yeah. Uh, Costas Manuel kills them both. But yeah, uh, Saw 6 uh, was essentially just like, this was the movie that, where Hoffman was retconned into most into stuff. The, into and, and, stuff. And also, um, Jigsaw's wife was retconned into a bunch of stuff, too. Yeah. She, she was actually uh, complicit in a bunch of the crimes. Uh, again, just don't give a shit. Yeah, uh, no, no, no memorable traps, nothing um, very disturbing or anything in this movie as far as uh, gore goes for you. The, the final uh, kill was pretty good. When Melting he, Man? Was that Melting Man? Yeah, when he got stabbed with a whole bunch of needles full of... Uh, oh, yeah, and, and his bottom hat fell off. I yeah, was impressed sort of like with like yeah. yeah, that was a pretty good uh, gory ending. Yeah. I think that won an MTV award for, like, gore, or a Scream award for Gory's Kill of the Year. Yeah, that one was okay. Uh, yeah, the, the best part of the series in, like, two and a half movies. Absolutely. And it lasted 30 seconds. 
Holy fuck, we gotta talk about Saw 7 soon. And then we're getting to Saw 7. Okay, um, so the first scene... I'm super excited about Saw 7 because you, like, you saw the poster. Oh yeah, it was a giant statue. I'm excited to see that Saw in a sort of industrial complex. Something's different, something different. They're expanding this mythology, like, obviously there's a big statue that's been built of him, like, his influence has spread far and wide, and and he has, like, followers who are sculptors. (laughs) <laughs> or architects and sculptors but there's no I thought maybe there would be statues. like yeah maybe it would go to space maybe they would have a, a jigsaw spaceship because mm-hmm. it sort of looked like a spaceship building workstation and uh, it looked like it, well yeah the scaffolding around it yeah. like it could easily take off or maybe they would build a giant statue of him that people would have to make their way through that was full of traps uh, but no none of that yeah like there's something for, like, a, like a ride like he's been kind of yeah. so popular like there's thrill seekers who want to like do this they want to stand in line like at Space Mountain yeah exactly but no none of that no. bullshit and this one uh, mainly focuses around uh, no uh, El- I thought it was mostly about Carrie Elvis cauterizing his leg uh, he does yeah he cauterizes we see he comes back uh, Carrie Elvis dragging himself out of the room from Saw 1 so this is six movies ago Carrie Elvis is dragging himself out of the room and yeah. he cauterizes his leg and then we see he meets up with Jigsaw. And now we're sort of seeing that maybe uh, Carrie Ellis has survived. And later in the movie, we do find that he has survived. He certainly has. I'm always down with a little more Carrie Ellis. Yeah, the Carrie Ellis character arc in this in Saw is fine. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, he's the one character who they did do a bit of retconning, uh, but it took them six movies to do it. They didn't have to repeat it every couple of movies. Yeah, um, and if you think about the scenes that he was retconned into previously, it makes sense. It makes sense that he that he would it would come to this that he would be sort of like like someone that might have learned a little bit from Jigsaw or be, been tricked into thinking he did. Yeah, it, it was Doctor Gordon, absolutely. Yeah, um, and if you look at a lot of the traps, especially in the last one, I believe when there was a person with a hook down their throat on a, a fishing wire. That's right. There's a lot of traps that couldn't have been done without the assistance of a doctor, so it really does make sense yeah. that uh, he was in on these the whole time. Yeah, so yeah. this is the, I gotta give Kevin Richard credit, this is the one stroke of, I'm not gonna say genius, but uh, non-retarding. I'm not gonna let you say genius. No, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't dare. No. But it, it's, it makes sense in the context of the movie. Sure, it's fine, and I'm like, I'm happy to see Cariel was kind of... Absolutely, it's no. not shoehorned in, it's Admittedly, there shouldn't have been. We shouldn't have gotten to the point uh, where the, this was a seventh Saw movie and the, they had an opportunity to do this. No, but, uh, if you're not in I, space, then your seventh movie is of little use to me. Yeah. Uh, so obviously, lots more flashbacks in this one. Lots more shitty fast cutting. Uh, yeah, we get the two. The, we get the dudes who um, have to choose, like either to kill each other or to kill their... Their cheating... Their cheating girlfriend. Yeah. And they're in a big cube in a public square. Yeah. And in this which, part, which, what, which also made me think that later in the film we were going to get that statue because I thought that Jigsaw's taken his... It's taken everything public now. To the streets, yeah. yeah so, like, he's going to be big, but... Um, no. 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 They never went anywhere with that. We got Sean Patrick Flannery as the guy who's, like, lying about being in the trap, and as soon as you know that, you know... Okay, whatever trap he's pretended that he's in to make money, Jigsaw's going to capture him and put him in that fucking trap. End of story, and there's no way that anyone didn't see that coming. No, and and again, it's just a trader, a hallmark of these movies that um, they'll introduce something, and it's really obvious that they're introducing it for uh, a comeback later. Well, yeah, Uh, and and there's no way his presence in the movie would have made any sense unless he was lying about his story. Yeah, and then they treated the big revelation later like it is a big revelation, even though they essentially tell you earlier in the movie exactly what they're going to do. Yeah. We get to watch, like, one of the members of Lincoln Park die for no reason. Yeah, he gets a... I do like it because he gets an uh, 8-track. <laughs> That's right. An 8-track tape instead of your regular uh, micro tape. Yeah. Which uh, I thought was pretty funny. But uh, yeah, it's pointless. It's just him and a bunch of neo-Nazis. And it's just a little five-minute scene, which yeah. again has no connection to anything other than just giving us a little... Yeah, and again, the, the first yeah. people who die in this movie are the people in the box. A teenage love tryst is what... Uh, is what Jigsaw is punishing now. Yeah. If you're teenagers and you maybe have feelings for more than one person, uh, you should probably be dismembered in a public meeting. Yeah. 
so again, just complete bullshit on Jigsaw's part. He his lessons don't make a lick of fucking sense. No, we get uh, to see like a support group who gets together to talk about their like experiences with him. Yeah, and some people are really into it, saying it actually was very transformative for them. And then Carrie Alvis is hanging around. Well, yeah, you get every, like, stereotype of the, like, traumatized person, the person yeah. with, like, the Stockholm Syndrome person, and the why-did-you-do-this-to-me person that's boring and stupid. Yeah. Uh, we get, uh, who, Detective Matt is introduced. Detective Matt? Yeah. I can't remember who he's played by. Um, he's, uh, he's the new cop. Yeah, there's gotta be a cop. Which, if there was a Saw 8, it would be revealed that he was also, like, a member of Jigsaw's team. The only reason he wasn't retconned into everything is just they ran out of movies. Yeah, they didn't have another... Well... But when I saw him, I was like, if there was a Saw 8, then that guy would have been, like, behind it all. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But since there wasn't a Saw 8, like, that's why you don't remember Detective Matt. Yeah, because they they didn't replay his scenes 20 times for me in later films. Yeah. Uh, And all the detectives in this movie just sort of talking... Mumbo jumbo, like yeah, they really do. Uh, strong. It's, st- it's police the, procedural now, fully. Like yeah, in the, in the previous movies, Agent Strong would sort of come up with these crazy, go on these crazy tangents that wouldn't really like make any sense. It'd be like a Jeff Goldblum circular logic from Independence Day, yeah. or it'd be like you know like. Slurpee, Slurpee, Slurp, Slurpees have sugar in them. Sugar yeah, plants. sugar is Bells. made in sugar plants. It's at the sugar plant. Yeah, yeah exactly, and. They sort of do stuff like that, but the age of trauma actually almost came to the right answer, whereas the detectives in this movie, they, they have no idea. No, no. Um, uh, nobody in this movie really has any idea. Everybody's just sort of running around with their heads cut off. Yeah, I did kind of like the fact that at least the, the like the games that were involved had some sort of connection to what was going on. Uh-huh. Um, like when it was very, very predictable, the whole thing. But I, I guess I guess I kind of liked it because I liked Carrie was coming back, and I liked Sean Patrick Flannery. As yeah. that douchebag guy. Yeah. Um, and he gets to come up and so he's sort of, out of all the people that Jigsaw has uh, captured, I, I guess him he makes some of the most sense because he was sort of almost taunting Jigsaw by saying he was in a Jigsaw trap. And, and that seems like, if anybody, if anybody was going to be picked by Jigsaw, that makes the most sense. Yeah. Whereas the rest of them are just, you know, like, again, teenage Triss, neo-Nazis. I mean, these are bad people, mm-hmm. but why did Jigsaw pick them? We have no idea. No, a, no. There's no overarching narrative in his in his uh, revenge schemes. He just, like, finds some bad people. Yeah. Or, or you know, not perfect people, and, and then hurts them badly. Yeah. Uh, in this movie, actually, Jigsaw just goes, like, cops many or just goes right off the rails and kills a whole bunch of cops. Yeah, he sure does. Uh, and, and the coroner, and, yeah, just murders a whole bunch of people for no reason at all. Um, and another one I forgot to mention, uh, uh, something I forgot to mention, I think that happened at the end of the last movie, which I have to go back to, is Costas Mandalore with the headgear on, and it's ticking down to zero, and he sticks his head between those two bars in the window yeah. to prevent himself from getting his head ripped apart. Yeah. I thought that was so good. And I think in the, in the same movie, uh, didn't Strom use the pen to puncture his throat so he could get out yeah. of the trap? Like, was that six or seven? See, and this is the no, problem with these fucking movies. Is well, we watched them in a row, and they because of the flashbacks I think that was and because six. of the recurring characters, they all sort of blend together. Yeah. Um, I think it was six. Yeah, seven, yeah, seven was just uh, the people in the box, and then the... Uh, Sean Patrick Flannery. Sean Patrick Flannery. That's the liar guy. And then Costas Vanillor, his jigsawness unraveling. Yeah. And then in the end, we got a little more of Carrie Elwes, who... Yeah, Pigman. ...is revealed right at the end. As the Pigman. He was in the whole time with, with two pigmen. Yeah, um, which you're not you're not told who these pigmen are. Yeah, because again, there isn't a saw eight. We yeah. don't know who they are. If we did find out who they were, I'm sure they would have been. You know, in Saw Zero, when they make Saw Zero, those two pigmen will have been there the whole time. Yeah, well, you know who they are, right? They're from the support group, right? They're the two guys at the beginning who decided to kill their cheating girlfriend instead of each other. Oh, okay. Which, again, to me, like, whatever. If they're going to be two guys, then that kind of makes sense. Two people. These are the three... These are the only three people, I guess, who kind of survived. Yeah. And so they have to be the pig men. Yeah, exactly. And then, of course, Carrie Elvis, who... Has been there the whole time, apparently. Yeah. Uh, so that was a Saw series. They were silly. They were... Oh, God. I That was that was tough. Mm-hmm. Like, watching them was tough. Talking about them was tough. Um, the whole experience was, was sort of a, 
a sock trap in itself because we we sort a little of, bit yeah like our our lack of common sense that we were being punished for was sitting down and making sure that we watched all the sock movies yeah um, we really wanted to do a movie podcast and we wanted to sort of decide we well wanted to start it with a bang exactly basically to get these over with essentially because if we're gonna be talking about like. Certainly, as we go along with these podcasts, we'll be talking about different, like, horror and science fiction and genre, like, franchises. Yeah. And this was one we were going to have to talk about eventually. We'll never talk about these movies. No. Except in passing again. We'll never watch these movies again. No. We're done with Saw. Yeah, absolutely. Everything, uh, yeah, and every movie that I ever talk about from here on out, or at least every group of movies... I'll be a lot more passionate about than Saw. Yeah, these movies, we were just sort of, we needed something that we could go in depth with. I, I really didn't know that they were going to be this complicated. I thought they were just going to be sort of fun throwaway movies. Yeah, like, uh, yeah. Any sort of horror franchise, you just sort of get, especially when there's seven of them, they're just sort of, after two or three, they can't keep a coherent storyline together. And not saying that this kept a coherent storyline together. but They go to space. It attempted to. Yeah, they go to space. Yeah. So yeah, we'll never talk about these movies ever again. No, that's the point. Yeah, get them out of the way. Um, okay, there's a movie I want to mention briefly called Bach from the Dead. Our good friend Andy Sexton made it uh, from the United States of America. Uh, it's an awesome which hopefully, movie. Uh, hopefully the United States still exists by the time you're hearing this. Yeah, if not, you won't be able to download this because I think the internet will probably go with it. Yeah, uh, society will have crumbled and you won't have time to listen to podcasts. We're both big fans of the U.S. and we hope that you you survive August second. Is it August second the Doomsday? I think, yeah, August 2nd, something yeah. like that. Yeah, let's do this, guys. Yeah, uh, so if you're not busy foraging... You're the only thing holding us up. <laughs> we just fall. Yeah, so if you're not busy foraging for food or fighting off uh, you know, Mad Max-esque bandits... Uh, so we have a Bach from the Dead poster to give away uh, that Andy Sexton, writer-director of Bach from the Dead, has graciously, graciously given to us. Um, so we don't really have a formal contest worked up, just email cultcouchpodcast at gmail.com with your mailing address. Uh, maybe put uh, Bach from the Dead in the tagline so we know you're not trying to sell us boner pills. Um, and we'll send you a really kick-ass poster. And, uh, yeah, so that's it for us. This yeah. Was, this was the Cult Couch Podcast. It was, and um, um, we talked about the Saw movies this time, but next time we're going to talk about Mark Lester, right? And Mark, Mark L. Lester. Mark L. Lester, director of... Uh, such illustrious films as Commando, one of the best action movies of all time. It's a good movie. Um, <laughs> and uh, Showdown in Little Tokyo. Also a film. It's Yeah, definitely there were uh, moving pictures, uh, coupled with audio. Yeah. Um, and Firestarter are yeah. the three movies we're going to focus on in the next podcast. That's definitely a movie. Yeah, that certainly is. Drew Barrymore's in it. Yeah, and she's like 10. Yeah. yeah that'll be interesting. Um, so next, until next time, movies. Do it. Yeah.